You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. You know, here at, uh, at Abide Church, if, if you're new here, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Dan DeBell. I'm the lead pastor here. And thank you for joining us today. If, if you're new here, I want you to know that we make plans, we make preparations for our church and we do our part, but we always say, we say this, that our plan is always plan B. And so today, when I came up here and as we prayed for people that were sick, we don't, I wasn't planning on doing that. But I want you to know that this is a church that is listening for the voice of God. And we want to be bold enough to walk in obedience to God in everything that we do. That's what we take pride in, that we read God's word and we have the faith to believe it, even if we don't understand it with our mind, and we're going to walk in agreement with it and watch God move on our behalf, but we have to do our part, and that's our heart here at Abide Church. Man, today I, I'm excited to hop into God's word. Hopefully you guys have been staying safe and warm over this crazy couple of weeks here in Oklahoma. Uh, man, it's been, it's been wild, but man, Ain't it good to be in church? Come on, somebody. I'm excited to be back in church. It feels like forever. Today, we are continuing our series on the Holy Spirit. Today, we're talking about specifically the fruit of the Spirit. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And if you grew up in church, you probably know a little jingle. You maybe know a song about the fruit of the Spirit, how you learned the fruit of the Spirit, and and what each of those are. Today, I want to take a little bit of a different approach to the fruit of the Spirit. I kind of want to see the big picture when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit. And so if you if you brought your Bible with you, if you have your phone with you, you can turn to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to look at Galatians chapter 5 uh, here in just a second. But just as a reminder today, the Holy Spirit's main job is to help you live, love, and look more like Jesus. That's what he wants you to do. Jesus said, I'm going to give you another helper who's just like me, and he wants to guide you, direct you. He's going to tell you what the things to come. He's going to reveal even the future for you so you know how to walk in in agreement with him. He's going to give you boldness. He's going to give you power to live free from sin and power to walk in his supernatural power to lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. He wants to help you live, love, and look more like Jesus. And one of the ways he does that is through producing fruit in us, spiritual fruit in us. So if you're taking notes, the first fill in the blank is simply this. The fruit of the Spirit is Christ-likeness. The fruit of the Spirit is Christ-likeness. We're going to look at the verse here in just a second. Many times we think we're thinking the fruits of the Spirit. We think that there's, there's multiple, and there are multiple, but what I want us to see is look at the big picture. The fruit of the Spirit is christ Likeness. Let's look at Galatians 5.22. It says this, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many of you would agree, hey, we need some more of that in America, in our lives in 2021, right? We need some more fruit of the Spirit evident uh, in our lives. I don't know about you, you can get on any social media platform and you can see Uh, Many times the Christians are the worst ones, right? It's like, what are we doing here? Do I see these fruits, uh, these fruit in uh, in my life on a daily basis? But here's what I want us to see. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. It's not plural. It's singular. It's one and it's indivisible. It's Christ-likeness. Why? Because when you look at that list on there, when you look at love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, who is that? It's Jesus. Jesus is 
love. He is the prince of peace. He is joy. He is the ultimate example of self-control. He is kindness. It's who he is. It's his character. And so though I may produce these in my life, the big picture is what? It's making me look more like Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit is evidence of God's presence in our lives. This is why it's important. The fruit of the Spirit is evidence of God's presence at work in my life. It's the outward evidence of it. But in Galatians 5, many times we know the fruit of the Spirit, right? We read that. We've heard a little jingle. We know a song about it, whatever. But in Galatians 5, there's also the contrast to the fruit of the Spirit, which is the works of the flesh. And this is one of the ones that we don't have a jingle for, right? We don't have a jingle for the works of the flesh, right? And we're going to look at the list here in just a second. We don't have that. The fruit of the Spirit is evidence of God's presence in our lives. So then, the works of the flesh, what we're getting ready to look at, they are evidence of the lack of God's presence in our lives. Let me say it again. The fruit of the Spirit is evidence of God's presence. The works of the flesh are the evidence of the lack of God's presence in my life. That should be concerning to me. Because it, 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 I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's just read it. Let's read it together. Galatians 5, starting in, in verse 19. It says, Now the works of the flesh are obvious. I mean, he hops right into it, doesn't he? Sexual immorality. Bam, right out the gate. Here we go. Sexual immorality. Let's stop here for a second. What are we talking about here? We see this a lot in God's words. Sexual immorality is any, it's sexual relations outside of God's design, which is what? One man, born a man, one woman, born a woman, get married, have sex. God's design. It's great. It's fantastic. It's encouraged, okay? <laughs> it's encouraged. It's okay to have fun and to laugh and be real in church, all right? It's, that's how it works. Anything outside of that is the enemy's approach to twisting a covenant relation in our life. So we have two covenant relationships, right? Me and God, when I walk in and I make him the Lord of my life, I'm in covenant with him. The second covenant relationship I have is with my spouse. I have no other covenant relationships outside of that. I'm not in covenant with my job. I'm not in covenant spiritually with my kids. Me and God, me and my spouse. And if I will spend the majority of my time focusing on those two covenant relationships in that order, me and God, me and my spouse, everything else will work itself out. We're going to see that in just a second. But here's what the enemy will like to do. Come in and twist and pervert and attack the image of God in our lives. This is why we see this crazy belief that God somehow makes mistakes. When we see people who are confused with their gender, they, they want to tr- change gender, it should break your heart because they're believing that they were a mistake, that God who created them, the gender they were born, made a mistake on them. How many of you know God doesn't make mistakes? He's perfect. He is perfect. And when I believe that he's made a mistake on me, what am I? I'm created in the image of God. So it's the enemy 
directly attacking the image of God by attacking me and you. By attacking me and you. That's just point one. Sexual immorality. Let's continue on. How about, all right, let's go. Impurity. Lustful pleasures. Idolatry. How many of you know idolatry is just as rampant today as it was in in Bible times thousands of years ago? Because idolatry doesn't look like, well, I have some some man-made idol sitting in the corner somewhere that I bow down to and I worship. But can I tell you, many times for people, they have this man-made TV in their living room that they sit down and worship for hours every single day. And it's become an idol. It steals from them. An idol can become so many things. Many times I, I talk to parents, right, and they, man, I can't make it to church on a consistent basis because my kids have sports on Sunday morning. Church is what we do, but an athlete is who my kids are. Do you see how that doesn't align with God's word? Church is who we are. I am a Christian, a believer. I am a disciple of Jesus. That's who I am. I'm not against sports, man. I love sports. But when anything, sports included, TV, my phone, when anything steals me from the church or steals me consistently and constantly from serving others as a representative of Jesus, it's become an idol. Idolatry. Let's continue. Come on. We're we're just getting into this thing. Sorcery, hostility, quarreling. What is quarreling? A heated argument or disagreement. Facebook. Whoops, let's continue on. (laughs) Jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness. So I drink a little bit and I get a little bit tipsy. What's the big deal? It's a good question to ask the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to tell you what the big deal is. Talk to him about it and genuinely ask is this really a big deal? Drunkenness. Wild parties. Man, I go and I hang out with this group of friends. It gets a little crazy. They do some stuff I don't agree with. They get drunk. They're smoking that. They're doing that. They're saying that. They're joking around. They're watching that. But I don't really participate. What's it say? Wild parties. You're there, whether you're participating or not. Wild parties. Works of the flesh. Let's continue on, all right? In other sense, maybe I should have made this point, point three. So uh, you guys doing okay? You guys all right? Let's continue on. In other sins like these, he says, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. This isn't the funnest verse to talk about or to preach on. Can I be honest? It's not. Do I like preaching about this? I'd rather preach about something that's real feel good, feel good, you know? I'd rather just focus on the fruit of the Spirit. It makes me feel good. Love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness. But do you see the responsibility that I carry? Anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So what kind of pastor am I to avoid something that will keep you from inheriting the kingdom of God? Let's shine a light on it. It's in God's word. Let's talk about it. Let's walk in agreement with God's word. And what? Inherit the kingdom of God. Amen? That's what it's all about. We need to inherit the kingdom of God. What is he showing us here? 
the goal, the goal for all believers is to walk in the power and the character of Jesus. The power and the character of Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to what? Give you power. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Power, supernatural power to live free from sin, to live boldly for Christ, power to administer the kingdom to other people. You will have power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. But he doesn't want to just give you power and let you live however you want. He won't do that. In fact, I would say this. You can't have the power without the purity. You cannot operate in power without the purity. But what, will, <laughs> what would we rather have? I'll take some of that power, but I kind of want to do whatever I want over here. I won't live in total agreement with God's word. Give me that power, though, man. I want to I live, live that way. But when I look at that list of the works of the flesh, is there some of that stuff that I have become okay with? There's the heavy ones, right? Sexual immorality. Well, I'm not doing that. But yeah, I, I might yell at my spouse every now and then. Outburst of anger. It's not like one is bigger than the other. Same list. I can't have the power without the purity. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, God wants to produce a different kind of lifestyle in the believer. One that attracts others by its bright light in a dark world. Let's say this. Uh, did anyone lose power uh, whenever the, with all the ice and stuff? Okay, a few, a few of you. You know, for me, uh, obviously in my job, I don't need a flashlight a ton, okay? But whenever I need a flashlight, like I need a flashlight, right? You guys know what I'm saying? Like, oh, hey, we have a flat tire. It's in the middle of the night. Hey, the power went out. I need to see where I'm going. Like when I need a flashlight, I need one for a specific reason. I'm looking for something in the dark. Have you ever gone and you have the trusty flashlight, and you go and you get the flashlight, and as you get it, and you need it desperately, you're looking for something, and you turn it on, and it's like just kind of blinky, and you got to like hit it, and once you hit it, it turns on, and then it kind of goes off, and you have to hold it just right so the batteries are working. You guys know what I'm talking about? You know how frustrating that is? Like I just, I don't, haven't used this thing in three years, but I need it. The battery should still be fine. What's going on here, right? Many people, though, are spiritually, as Christians, living their life as a dim flashlight. They have, they have the batteries. They have access to the power. But to be honest, when they need to use it, because they're not walking in purity, it's like that stinking flashlight that works sometimes but not always. God's design for you is for you to be a bright mag light flashlight that lights up the room when you walk in. No matter how dark the world is, no matter how dark the job site is, no matter how dark the office is that you go to spiritually, when you walk in, his desire for you is to shine like a bright light to a dark, twisted, and perverse world around you. Not to blend in. That's why there's two lists, the fruit of the Spirit and the works of the flesh. Not to ah, kind of hang out in the works of the flesh a little bit, but not like the big stuff. No. What does he say? In Galatians 5, 24, he says this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and the desires of their sinful nature to his cross, and they've crucified them there. 
Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Every part. Not the Sunday church part that feels good and I'm going through the motions and I'm raising my hands in worship and I'm here. But what about Monday through Saturday? What about Monday through Saturday? Am I walking as the Spirit has led me in every part of my life? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Some things have become new. All things. All things have become new. When I put my faith in Jesus, what he wants to do is he wants to empower me with his Holy Spirit to produce his fruit, Christ-likeness. And what is it specifically? It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. It's the list, self-control. It's all of those things. But it starts with me doing my part. Me doing my part. This is why I said the fruit of the Spirit is the evidence of God's presence. The works of the flesh are the evidence of the lack of God's presence. doesn't mean that he is far from me. Here's what it means, and we're going to look at this in just a second. It means that I have disconnected myself from the life source that produces fruit. doesn't mean he's run from me. It means I've disconnected myself from the life source. And here's what happens. Here's the common mistake with the fruit of the Spirit. Many people say, well, hey, this week, man, I've just been struggling with, haven't had much patience at work with my kids. I'm going to be good this week, man. Today, I'm going to have more patience. I'm going to try to be more patient. Other people will say, hey, man, I've been, man, I've been struggling with this sin. I've been struggling with, with lust or whatever, whatever it is. I'm going to have more self-control today. Man, I've just been feeling angry at work. I'm going to try to be more kind. I'm going to try really hard to be more kind to that person. But point number two that I want you to make note of is this. If you want better fruit, work on the root. If you want better fruit, work on the root. Man, it even rhymes. Come on, somebody. That's good. You can tweet that. All right, tag me in that. That's good. If you want better fruit, work on the root. No, don't do that. It's fine. Um, think of an apple orchard. You're going and you, you see this apple orchard and you're walking and all these trees are producing amazing apples. And you see this one tree and this tree's not producing healthy fruit. The leaves are withered, the bark is diseased, and the apples look disgusting, if we're being, if we're being real. And you look at this and then you look over and you see this farmer who's tending all of these trees. And he's going up there and he says, I'm going to save this tree by working on this one apple. I'm gonna, hey, I'm gonna, he's, he's, you know, giving it everything it needs. He's feeding it. He's taking care of it. Does it have enough sunlight? Does it have enough food source? He's, he's trying to make sure this one apple is good. And he's thinking, if I can save this apple, then it's going to save the tree. How many of you know, I'm no farmer, but that's not right. It's a waste of time, right? But that's what we do spiritually. I'm going to try to be more patient. And what have I done? I've worked, I'm trying to focus on one apple over here. Patience. I'm going to try to have more self-control today. One apple. Rather than if I have a lack of the fruit of the Spirit, what must be the issue? The root. What is the root? The root is our heart. It's my heart. It's my spirit. Am I connected somewhere that will allow fruit, good fruit, to be produced is the question. 
Let's, let's look at John chapter 15. We're going to look at verses 1 through 8. John 15, 1 through 8. This passage, these eight verses here, these are the verses that Abide Church is built off of. Let's read them together. I'm going to read from the New King James. It says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Let's continue on, verse 5. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He's kind of repeating himself here. He says, do you understand? Do you see what I'm telling you? I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Look at this. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burned. But if you abide in me, my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Everyone say much fruit. Say it like you mean it, much fruit. So you will be my disciples. God's desire is not for you to produce a tiny amount of fruit. They're kind of a kind person. They're they have patience most of the time. His desire is much fruit in your life, not a little. But where does it start? It starts with abiding. He says, we are the branches, and we can only produce good fruit, which is what? Christ-likeness, if we are abiding in Jesus. And if we're not abiding in Jesus, we produce nasty, diseased fruit, like that apple, which is what? Works of the flesh. Works of the flesh. If I'm not abiding. If I'm not abiding. And then he takes it a step further and he gives us warning. He shows us that unproductive branches are thrown in the fire. What do we just read in Galatians? Cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. I cannot inherit the kingdom of God if I'm unproductive. So do we see the importance of the fruit of the Spirit being evident in my life? I have to have it. It's crucial, and it shows the condition of where my heart is linked to. But what I want us to see is I want us to see the character of God. Because many times we look at this, and it can be easy to look at in these scriptures, well, God's just waiting for me to screw up so he can throw me into this this fire so I can be burned up, right, so that I can't inherit the kingdom of God. No, that's not the heart of God at all. He's not waiting for you to screw up so he can say, yep, I knew it, and just kick you into the brush fire. That's not what he wants. In verse 2, here's what it says. Jesus says, every branch, look at the words, in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. In the New King James, this is actually a poor translation from the original language. That phrase, takes away, would be better translated to lift up. To lift up. Here's why. What would happen in, in these vines that Jesus is referring to In these vines, in these branches, they are designed to grow off the ground and around fencing and around posts so that they could get enough air, oxygen, and sunlight. What would happen is when storms come through, 
if an animal were to hit them, some of these vines, these branches would fall into the dirt. Still connected to the source, but in the dirt. Any branch, any vine in the dirt cannot bear fruit. It's not getting the proper sun, oxygen, light. It's not getting what it needs to produce fruit. Eventually, if it stays there long enough, it will die. And it will need to be cut off and thrown into the fire. But here's the heart of God. Jesus says, he, our Father is the vine dresser. There's going to be times in your life, hear me, where you're connected and you're abiding in Jesus, but the enemy wants to come and he wants to knock you into the dirt. Anybody ever been there before? I have. There were seasons in 2020 that my family went through personally that was the hardest time of my life. And when the devil knocks you into the dirt, you have two choices. Either I stay connected, I'm still seeking Jesus, or I turn my back on Jesus and think, well, I guess he's not who he, I thought he was. And I disconnect myself from him. But when I choose to stay connected, Jesus himself promises the vine dresser will come. He says, every branch, what? In me that does not bear fruit. Man, you may still be connected, but you're not bearing the fruit that you need. You feel like you've lost your joy. You feel like you're struggling to have peace because you're in the dirt. But if I stay connected, what? He says, the vine dresser will come and he will lift you up and put you back where you can produce fruit. That's the heart of God. That's the heart of God for you. He's not waiting to throw you into the fire, to not give you the kingdom. He wants you to have the kingdom. He wants to freely give you the kingdom. But the contrast is in verse 6. Verse 6 says, if anyone does, here it is, not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. Does not abide. When I've disconnected myself, what happens? I cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit. I cannot produce the Christ-likeness in my life that God has for me. I cannot produce much fruit. And eventually, I spiritually wither away. I lose my strength. And the enemy can do whatever he wants in my life. I have no strength. I cannot produce any fruit. When I stop pursuing Jesus, when I stop seeking his face, and if if I stop staying connected to him daily... I stop producing the fruit of the Spirit, and I start producing the works of the flesh. So you see, the works of the flesh, that whole list is not to say, hey, oh, you're doing this? You must be going to hell then. (laughs) That's not it. The list of the works of the flesh are warning signs. So when I have a moment of anger, outburst of anger, right, when I'm saying stuff on Facebook in this argument with someone that I shouldn't be saying, It should be a warning sign for me to say, hang on, why am I saying that? Why am I doing that? When I'm falling into a pit or a moment of weakness and I fall into sin, it should be a time for me to say, hang on, that's not me. I'm I'm abiding in Jesus. That's not who I am. It should be a warning sign for me to get back on track so I can produce his fruit, not the works of the flesh. And here's what Jesus said in 7 and 8. He says, if you abide, ask and it will be done. If you abide in me, my, and my words abide in you, ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. What a great promise from Jesus. I have things that I need done in my life. I have desires of my heart that I'm believing for. And if I want to see the answered prayer, 
I got to keep abiding. And if I abide, his promise is, I got your back. The promise is coming. The answer is coming. It may take longer than you think it is, but it's on its way. Keep abiding, and you will see the goodness of God. You will see the goodness of God. Point number three is this as we wrap up. Abiding in Christ releases the Holy Spirit to work. We've been in this Holy Spirit series now for, I think, five or six weeks. I think six weeks. And through all of this, we've talked about a lot of things. We've been talking about praying in the Spirit. We've talking about praying in tongues. We've talked about the gifts of the Spirit. We've been talking about power. Today, we're talking about the fruit. If I want to see the Holy Spirit at work in my life, it starts with abiding. That word abide simply means this, to remain as one. So if you're reading like the New Living Translation, I think the NIV as well, if you're reading John 15, it'll say, those that remain in me. He's saying remain as one with me. That's what abiding means. As I mentioned earlier, it's a covenant relationship. This is why, show me somebody that knows Jesus well, who walks in power, who walks in purity. I will show you someone who has great communication with their heavenly father, someone who prays without ceasing, truly. It's the same with a marriage. Show me a strong marriage, I'll show you great communication. Show me a marriage that's on the rocks, that's struggling. I'm going to show you a marriage that has no, no communication. That's God's desire is what? Strong. But to abide, I have to be in communication with him throughout my day. The first step in abiding in Jesus is a daily, quiet time with him. And it really is life or death. It's amazing. My, my, my dad... My mom, there are, Randy and Helen right here, there are volunteer directors here, the A-team directors. And he talked about this in the pre-service meeting, and we hadn't talked, but we were talking about the same thing today, what he shared with our team before everyone got here. This daily time with God really is life and death. What did Jesus say? He says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. In Proverbs, it tells us what? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those that love it will eat its fruit. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Jesus says, look, if you want your prayers to be answered, not only do you need to abide in me, but you also need to have my word abiding in you, coming out of you, speaking as you talk, as you're in conversations, people are talking with you, and all they hear is, man, that person is so encouraging. One of the things I like to say is, man, leave people better than you found them. Every conversation. Every time you're, getting, you're at the register at Walmart, every time you pass somebody, every time you have a waitress or a waiter serving your table, leave them better than you found them because that's what Jesus would do. And it starts with what's coming out of my mouth. In Matthew 6, it says this, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What's he saying? In this passage, he's talking about worry. He's talking about the unknown of the future. And he says, look, if you will seek me, I'll take care of everything. But look at this. Seek first the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Power. Sometimes we miss this part. And his righteousness. What is that? Purity. Can't have the power without the purity. Then all of these things will be added to you. Then you truly will have no need to worry. You'll truly have no need to be, I don't know what tomorrow holds. Doesn't matter. Am I walking and seeking him, his kingdom, 
walking in his righteousness, not just walking and saying, yeah, man, I believe in Jesus, but am I living it out with purity? Am I backing it with purity? If that happens, he's got me. I don't have to worry. I have to start every day with Jesus. And I need to stop, and I need to not just stop in the morning. How weird would it be for me and my wife, Leslie, if when we got up every day, I talked to Leslie for 10, 15 minutes in the morning, and then I didn't talk for her for the rest of the day until tomorrow morning. I didn't answer her text. I didn't answer her phone calls. Uh, we're having dinner at, at, in, the, in the evening with Gavin, and she's asking me questions, and I'm just ignoring her. How, for those of you that know Leslie, how, how well do you think that's going to go over, right? Not good, okay? I'm going to get slapped around, and rightfully so, rightfully so. But isn't this what we do with Jesus? Oh, yeah, yeah I read the verse of the day on the Bible app. He's talking all day to you through his Holy Spirit. And I don't say anything to him, acknowledge him until tomorrow morning during my quiet time or my drive to work. That's bad relationship. That's, that's awful. If I want to see the fruit of the Spirit, I have to abide, not just in the morning, but throughout my day. This is why having a personal prayer language, praying in the Spirit is so crucial. There was a season in my life where I worked at Chick-fil-A, and man, I worked in the back of the house in the kitchen for a while, and man, I, I can't be honest with you, I'd be back there bread and chicken, praying in the Spirit. Okay, it's already God's chicken, but I'm just putting that extra blessing on it, somebody. I'm praying in the Spirit, not out loud, not crazy, not for people to look at me, but I'm praying in the Spirit because I'm building myself up. I'm staying abiding in Him because I know how important it is. And because I did that, God opened doors for me to impact people's lives that I never could have done. It's abiding, not just at the beginning, it's throughout. You may say, Pastor Dan, it's tough to get up early, man. I'm a night person, right? Look what Jesus said to his disciples in Luke 22, the night he was betrayed. He said, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray so that you will not give into temptation. Can I be honest with you? I don't really enjoy getting up super early. But Jesus always got up early to pray. And he got up because the rest of the world was quiet. No distractions. I could be alone with my Savior. I can connect, make sure I'm strong, connected with him and his word. And then I stay connected to him throughout my day, keeping him in the loop, everything I'm doing. God wants to do so much more in our lives if we would listen to our spirit who wants to pray rather than our flesh who wants to sleep. God wants to do so much more if we listen to our spirit who wants to pray rather than our flesh who wants to sleep. The Holy Spirit's job is to help you live, love, and look more like Jesus every single day. His fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, yes. But what is it? It's Christ-likeness. If you want better fruit, if I need more peace, if I need more self-control, if I need more kindness, if I need more gentleness in my life, what do I need to do? If I want better fruit, I must work on the root. Am I actually abiding? Because when I abide, it releases the Holy Spirit to work in his full potential in my life. Here's a reflection question. I always like to leave you with some questions and some action steps. If not, if I don't give you any action steps, what are we doing here, right? We gotta apply this to our life. What have I been producing in my life? These reflection questions are for you to reflect on with the Holy Spirit, but it's also for your community groups 
whether that's with your spouse, with a friend, get together this week and ask this, what have I been producing in my life, really? If I look back at the last week, my last week of social media posts, my last week of conversations that I had, is it more of the fruit of the spirit or is it more of the works of the flesh? How's my daily time with God? How's my daily time with God? And the action step, simple. I need to choose to abide in Jesus first, seek first the kingdom and throughout the day. And if I do that, I'll produce much fruit so I can look good now, so I can glorify him and bring honor to my Father in heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you are good. You have good things for us. You want to produce good fruit in us, good things in us. You want to use us to impact our family, our spouse, our friends, our coworkers. Holy Spirit, we just submit to you today. Ask you to use us. Help us walk in boldness and honor your word today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.